Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelak, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Jonah. Jonah, thank you so much for being here with us today. Lovely to be with here. Be, be with you here. <laughs> I'm already stumbling over my words, and it's only awesome. uh, it's a good 11 start. o'clock in the morning. <laughs> awesome. So give us a 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you're up to lately. Yeah, well, who I am, that's a complicated question. Sometimes I ask myself that uh, and, and I can't find the answer, but professionally, what I do is I help mostly men, entrepreneurs become more influential, double their productivity and get rid of the things that are holding them back. So essentially I'm a coach now. Am I a business coach? Am I a life coach? I call myself an executive coach because that's primarily who I work with. I work with entrepreneurs. I also work with uh, executives from tech companies here in the Bay Area where I'm currently sitting and talking to you from. And, um, you know, I, I got into this just very accidentally and in a very roundabout way. But nonetheless, this is where I find myself. And it's, uh, it's very gratifying to watch people develop and change and evolve into the things that they want. Nice. So how did you get into all of this? So I've been an entrepreneur since I was, God, I was probably about seven years old and I would have my mom drive me up to Payless and we would buy NFL football pencils. And I'd buy a pack of NFL football pencils for a couple bucks and I'd bring them back to my class and I'd sell them for a quarter each to all my classmates. I think I sold the Cowboys ones for a little bit more money. And, <laughs> and so I started, that was really what piqued my interest in business. Uh, from there, I did a bunch of different little entrepreneurial things and I started an e-commerce company in, in 1999. So I was very early uh, in that realm. And I was one of the first people to sell skateboards and surfboards on the internet. Nice. So I grew that business and sold it in 2005, a little bit early. And I have a funny story about how I almost became a billionaire, but missed that one. Oh, well, very, very, very far off. But funny enough, um, so I sold the company, but I was not happy. I was completely burned out. I uh, really just was quite depressed, actually. So even though on the outside, there was all the success and people looked at me and said, oh, my God, you know, you're a young guy. You just sold a company. You can do anything you want. I wasn't happy. And I didn't really know why. So I, I took a couple years off and uh, dove deep into meditation, uh, went to, uh, went to Asia, um, did several month long meditation retreats. And while I was in China, I got inspired by acupuncture. Uh, 
And it really felt like magic to me. And so when I got back to the US, I thought to myself, that's what I wanna do. I wanna help people. I wanna help people. And at that point I had started to uh, become re-energized, become refreshed and really escape the symptoms of burnout. And so I became an acupuncturist and I did that for almost a decade. And what ended up happening is that because I was in San Francisco at the time, I was getting so many clients who were tech people that we inevitably started talking about business and more business and more business. And then one day a client came in and said, you know, Jonah, I really love getting acupuncture from you, but the real reason I come is to talk to you. And I thought, that's really interesting. Maybe there's something there for me. And at that point, I started to shift my practice more into coaching. And uh, from there, it's, it's been nothing um, but more coaching. And now I primarily work with men because, uh, as I know as a man, I hate to ask for help. And yet, I need it because nothing great happens without getting help. Nice. Love that. And it's so true because I find that so many people are just sitting there, you know, on their computer doing their thing and going, I know I should know this. And, and some of them are like, I do know this, but then they end up not doing said thing that they know they should be doing, but they're not, <laughs> they don't know how to kind of either overcome it, get over it, whatever the case is. So I said to somebody this morning, it's like watching people tread water and they're like, okay, just hold on. I just need to finish treading this water and then I'll be right there. And it's like, and then they continue treading the water. And it's like, yeah, just bring the boat back in about a month or so. And I'll be done treading and then I'll be ready to get in the boat and make it easier. A hundred percent. I mean, that analogy is so right on. And I wish I could say that I never fell prey to that. I absolutely do. And what I do know is every time I ask for the right type of help and that I get it, I say to myself, holy crap, why didn't I do this earlier? Every single time. And it's about making those investments, time investments, financial investments, whatever kind of investments in order to make it happen. I mean, a funny story is about, I've, I've had many, many assistants and about a year ago, I hired a new assistant and she wasn't the most qualified, but she was the smartest one I could find and the most ambitious. And I wanted someone who was very entrepreneurial. And I hired her. And soon after I hired her, I realized she is a lot more competent at most things than I am. I'm really good at about two or three things. But most all this other stuff around business, she's way better. And so I just said, you do it. You do it all. You control it. You manage me. You tell me what to do. And so now she, every day, tells me, hey, this is what you have going on. This is where you need to focus. Here's our marketing plan. And I just go and I do it. And it's created so much freedom for me to be able to do what I do best. Nice. I love that. We, we all need to be able to find one of those but, and I will get into some of the, the ways that you might be able to find one of those. But before we do, I want, I don't want to leave this billionaire conversation. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. You know, and I'm sure somebody out there with a Bitcoin wallet that lost it and they might find it one day might be that lost. Oh God, yes, too, so. exactly. <laughs> but what's your lost <laughs> <If> billionaire? <only. laughs> exactly. 
Well, uh, so I was in doing e-commerce in the early days, and I remember competing with Zappos. And uh, if people people may know, but Zappos got uh, acquired by Amazon. Um, Tony Shea, who was, uh, you know, unfortunately died very tragically, but he was the CEO of Zappos and really turned it into an, an incredible company. Uh, he actually was not the first CEO. There was another CEO at the time. And uh, Zappos was in San Francisco. My business partner and I were up in Sonoma County and we were competing with them and we were absolutely crushing Zappos. Our website was better. We had built our whole back end and they were just this like horrible, horrible website. Well, what I didn't know at the time was that they had gotten a $10 million round, a $25 million round, and we were growing, we were growing by leaps and bounds, but for some reason, and this is a mindset issue, this is, this is the real lesson, I didn't think anybody would invest in me. Oh. I was like, nobody's going to invest in me and us. Why would they do that? I'm just this dinky little business you know, with $5 million in revenue, which I nice. now know was a huge amount of traction at the time. <laughs> no, I had no idea. I had no idea oh. what I had. Oh. And so I missed that whole dot-com. That was during the dot-com bubble, basically at that point. And I missed that whole thing. And what was funny is my former business partner is also an executive coach. And he called me a couple of years ago. He's like, dude, you're not going to believe what happened. I said, what? He said, remember Zappos? Remember those guys we were competing with? I'm like, yeah, of course. He's like, well, I met the CEO, the former CEO. The guy's a billionaire. And like, we missed the boat, bro. And I said, yeah, oh, we did. Oh. Ah. Oh. So it's, it's, it's fairly far away, but um, it's, it's, a, it's a funny story and a really good lesson about understanding what your potential is and the fact that I didn't know what it is. And most of the time we have no idea about the value that we're bringing to the table. Oh, absolutely. So lesson learned, if you would have done something differently, what would it have been? I think at that point, I would have gone and started asking questions because I knew people, but I was convinced that they wouldn't be interested in what I had. Mm -hmm. And I would have just started asking questions like, hey, who are the people who, that are doing this? What are investors looking for? What do you think the potential is of my business? Very basic questions. It, I wouldn't have had to like, oh, you know, raise a bunch of money. Maybe, maybe that's what would have happened, or maybe not. I don't know. But the fact is, is that I didn't even give myself the opportunity of finding out. And that comes through just simply, what are the questions that you are asking yourself? And I ask myself this all the time, and I ask this to my clients. I say, what's the most important question that you could be asking yourself right now? And what's the most important question you could be asking yourself around your business? What's the most important question you could be asking yourself about your relationships? What's the most important question you could be asking yourself about your life? And 
then when you get a question, like a, an important question, you can ask yourself, well, what might be an even better question? And that series of inquiry leads to incredible things. Like I now have this list where I just write down business ideas, great business ideas, because I know that I will not execute on 99.999% of them, but nonetheless, it keeps me in the flow of saying, oh my God, here's another huge business idea. Here's another huge business idea. It keeps me in touch with what my potential is. Nice. I love that. So would you recommend when people are looking to build their say million dollar business, just because that seems to be the going trend, the thing, um, the thing to do, you got to do it. Um, yeah. Do you start with the end in mind? Do you start with your passions? Do you start with, what do you start with? God, I love to start with the end in mind, but the truth is, is I never do it. And, um, you know, I, I, I really like goals. I really like habits and all that. But I think the most important thing is to find something that interests you. I don't know that it has to be your, quote, passion, but it has to be interesting to you. And once it's interesting to you, dive in like start researching it. Hey, maybe it's NFTs and cryptocurrency. Maybe it's organic food. Maybe it's food delivery. Maybe it's, um, you know, coaching and consulting. Maybe it's podcasting. It doesn't matter what it is. There's always more opportunity. And so what I like to do is I like to say, all right, start with your interests Find something that you want to learn more about and then start going and talking to as many people as you possibly can. So I have, a, I have a client who's been in the tech industry for a long time, one of my few female clients, and she is uh, a trained chef and um, does, she's incredibly skilled. She teaches people chefing skills. And she got caught up in this whole thing of sending me YouTube videos of all these competitors and how she needed to be on YouTube and create this big social media thing and yada, yada, yada. And I said, wait a minute, who are the people who are going to be buying from you? Who are the people who are going to be signing up for your classes? I said, people like me, people who know you and like you. And so start talking to people like me, asking us, what is it that you want? What, are, how, what do you think of this idea? What do you think of that idea? Start talking with your potential customers once you found something that interests you. And I guarantee you, if you talk to 50 people, you will have a business. And most likely you'll have a business if you talk to 20 people. And that I think is the untold secret is everybody's spending so much time on social media, trying to do this and that and pay for ads and go talk to 20 people. You'll have a business. What? Like real people, real actual people. And like guess what? Even here? <laughs> yeah, I know these people are in your network. You already know them. It's like every one of us, the six degrees of separation thing. Every one of us knows somebody who knows somebody. And we forget that in, in today's network world. Like if you can pick up the phone and say, hey, Michelle, you know, um, I recently started a men's group for entrepreneurs and 
they're having a lot of success and it's really cool. Do you know, who do you, what kind of, what kind of guys do you know that might be interested in joining a group of entrepreneurs that works like a mastermind and has a lot of support and helps keep people accountable? Who do you know? And you'll probably think of somebody. Nice. Love that. That is yeah. awesome. So, so we, we have something of interest to us. We're talking to people that might be interested. We're asking the right questions of who they know, what they know. And some of them may be informing us. So some people might be going, hey, when you find out, let me know, which is awesome. <laughs> We're going to create the business that way. What are some of the things that we can do to ensure our success or keep us going? Because God knows there's going to be that lull of 10 people that just happen to not be interested or the market drops or yeah. <laughs> something's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, well, there's there's a business cycle, and it starts off with uninformed optimism. So we start our we're starting our business. Oh, this is the greatest idea! I've talked to my people; they want, you know, bone broth delivered to their house. This is going to be awesome, right? And so we start off with that uninformed optimism, and then as we dive in, we realize, oh my God, there's tons of competitors. My costs are higher than I thought. It's a lot of work making bone broth. And we get into the place of informed pessimism. And that's sort of the dark night of the soul of, of business where we think, what the hell did I quit my great paying job for where I got to go to nine to five and had my two weeks of paid vacation and all of that stuff. And we question ourselves and, you know, believe me, I've been through this countless times. It, am I delivering any value? I'm just an imposter, right? We get into that imposter syndrome. And then we start to get into uh, a point of once we go through that trough, we start to come out of it again. And we realize, okay, if I really focus on one particular thing or two things and really serving people well, I can, I, I might have something here. And we sort of find that needle in the haystack and we get to the point where we start to become optimistic again. And we realize though, that it's a lot different than that uninformed optimism. This is informed optimism. This is based on our experience. This is based on what we found. And so this cycle repeats itself every time we start a new initiative, a new project, a new marketing plan, whatever it is, we start off with this uninformed optimism. We go in, we have informed pessimism, and then when we come out on the other side to informed optimism. And the most important thing at that bottom point is to realize this is a natural part of the cycle and there's nothing wrong with me and I will... I better get good at this because if I'm going to be successful in business, this is going to happen to me over and over and over again. And I'm constantly going to feel like an imposter. Hey, great. That means you're on the right track. Awesome. Love that. So when we're when we're in that informed pessimism, we're looking for ways out. We're going to find those one or two things that we're doing right. I'm loving this because you got the, the whole thing just lined right up. This is so perfect. So <laughs> Then what are we doing on a daily basis to ensure that we're working towards that um, informed optimism and not just delirium and, <laughs> yeah. and going, I can do this. I know I can. 
for too long? Yeah, that is a that is a great question. One I've struggled with certainly, and uh, it it's a daily challenge for me. But uh, I am really really big into habits and making sure that I have daily habits that keep me grounded and focused. And um, what I what I do every morning is I have a morning routine. I call it a morning rhythm, and Sometimes it may only take me 15 minutes. Sometimes it may take me an hour. But the point is, as I start my day, I center myself. I do a little bit of meditation. I drink my water and I sit down with my paper planner and I look and see what I have going on for the day. And I go and I plan out my day. And I have the one, two or three things that if I move forward on, will make a difference. And you ask the question, well, how do you know that you're not just spinning your wheels? And the honest answer is we don't always know. We don't always know, but that's where the calibration comes into effect, where at the end of the day, did I do what I said I was gonna do? Did I actually make progress? What happened? Do I feel, and this is one of the most important questions that people miss, do I feel like I am energized from what I did or do I feel depleted from what I did? And my belief is, is that if you feel energized from what you did, you're on the right track because what does energy do? Energy creates momentum, momentum creates more energy. Versus depletion, if you're always feeling depleted, once that dark night of the business soul comes around, there's no reason to continue. And so again, daily habits, figure out what your habits are. Um, if people, if people want to find out more about habits, uh, they can uh, go to my website and um, I have a, a page set up. Uh, business owners podcast. So it's jonalarkin.com slash business owners podcast uh, for your listeners. And you can download all my focus checklists and all the stuff that I use, all the brain hacks that I use, how to do a morning routine, um, how to do one really efficiently, and all the mental maps that I use personally in order to keep myself focused and productive. And you know, it works for me, it works for my students and my clients, and uh, give it a shot. You know, it doesn't have to be big, but it has to feel energizing and uplifting. And that's, I believe, one of the most important things. I mean, what about you? Don't, I mean, you love what you do, I can tell. I do, <laughs> I do yeah. love what I do. I do love podcasts and uh and quite frankly, if I could do this all day and nothing else, I'd be perfectly happy to that. Like, I get exactly. to meet people. I get to find out all about them. We get to ask real fun questions of them. They find out interesting things. I mean, my life could not be better than that. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Um, and, and I can tell because it's so nice just like being with you, we here with you having a conversation. I can tell that you love it. And so it's like, hey, this is like great for you. And it's good for your business and you get to learn a lot and best of all you're delivering value to people which oh my god you're making a contribution 
excellent. Now I can go and, you know, sell my Bitcoins and just do this all the time. It'll be, it'll be perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't sell them yet. <laughs> exactly. Not today, not today. That's okay. So, in um, and I love all of that. And I find that when when people are doing things and, the, and things are going well, ironically, that tends to be when they quit their habits. <laughs> so, so, you know, that was working so well for me that I quit. So how do they keep going when it's working? That, that you're so right. You're so <laughs> right. I've, I've made that mistake so many times. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, everything's going right. I don't need to meditate anymore. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do the hard work because, you know, I have to, I've got to serve my clients and grow my business and all that stuff. And this is where a support and accountability system comes into play. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you're doing, you know, so many people now are heading, are out on their own, doing their own business, myself included. But if you don't have a support system, a group of people that you are meeting with on a regular basis, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. And the reason why I say this is because behavior our, our behavior reflects our environment and the and the community we're in so if 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 every morning my friend comes by and says hey jonah let's go surfing i'm going to go surfing 10 times more than if i'm like okay i got to get out of bed and go do it all by myself or working out or uh, doing marketing or whatever it is for me, one of the a, a big challenge for me has been um, just really focusing on managing my finances and managing my sales projections and all that stuff, and really staying up on that. It's been a huge challenge for me, and um, I have this thing called Finance Friday, where every Friday I go and I spend two hours going over all my budgets and my finances and my investments and all that stuff, and. Then I have an accountability partner and I've got a money coach who I work with. And so that's my support system. And I meet with them on a regular basis and that keeps me focused. Hey, did you do your finance Friday? No, I didn't do my finance Friday. Why not? Well, I was traveling and you know, I, I told myself I'd do it on Saturday. Did you do it on Saturday? No, I didn't. Oh, you know, it's like, <laughs> Does that mean I quit and give up? No, it doesn't. It means I get to learn from it and set up systems so that I continue to do my Finance Friday because when I do my Finance Friday, guess what happens? More money. And when I don't do my Finance Friday, what happens? Less money. Pretty dang simple. And so it's very important to have a support system, an accountability partner, a mastermind, whatever it is, get yourself into a community and you know that's why that's why i have a men's group of entrepreneurs because we know that we need it we need it right. i'm less accountable to myself i'm much more accountable if you're holding me accountable that totally makes sense so what kind of people do you love to work with the most uh yeah i love to work with uh men who are building businesses. And the reason why, 
I mean, look, I love all people. It's really fun to work with everybody. But the reason why I love to work with men primarily is because I know as a guy, the way that I grew up, my story is I'm supposed to be competent. I'm supposed to be confident. I'm supposed to know what I'm doing. I'm supposed to be assertive. I'm supposed to be courageous and all these things right? And I, and I read all these articles about these great entrepreneurs and I compare myself and then I think, God, I just don't measure up. <laughs> I'm going back to bed. That was like work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> and so as a man, there's a lot of pressure to show up in a certain way. And what I find is that most men don't have a confidant that they can talk to, that they can share their uh, imposter syndrome with, their insecurities with, their frustrations with, all the things that are going wrong. I mean, you know, it's like as a man, I can't, I can't show up and like, if I'm managing a team, I can't be complaining to my team. Like, that's not good. If I go home, I can't go and complain to my family. They don't want to hear that. They want, they want, they want the energy that they want. So where, where am I supposed to go where I can be vulnerable, where I can express anger, where I can express my frustrations, where I can boast a little bit and brag? Like, where can I do that? Well, I can do that in the presence of other men who can hold me in a very kind way and where I don't feel judged, where I don't feel shamed, where you can show up and be vulnerable and be safe and then get the help you need and get the accountability you need so that when you're there, you're held to your highest values. All of us have values, right? Whatever they are. Maybe it's health, maybe it's financial security, maybe it's your family, maybe it's religion. It doesn't matter what it is. The point is, is are you living in alignment with your values? And inevitably, we all fall off that path of like, oh my God, I say that I want to be healthy, yet I completely quit working out because I'm so damn busy. Well, you're not living in alignment with your values. Okay, cool. Recognize that. No shame in that. The question is, do you want to get back on the horse or do you want to change your values? No pressure. You decide. But the point is, are you doing it consciously and are you doing it intentionally? And um, so that's, that's a long answer, I guess. That's an awesome answer. So my brain is going two different directions and I'm wondering where I want to take it most. So I'm going to take you where I want to take you because that's just fun. So say somebody does that and they're like, yep, totally want to get back on, on the fitness track. And I'm assuming I'm not the only one, but let's talk about me. Let's <laughs> if you talk happen about to relate you, while Michelle. you're listening to this, it's awesome. But this is for me right now. So <laughs> I have noticed during this whole COVID thing that, um, we have, as a society, have gone from a nine to five work environment to a whenever I think of something, I'm going to go and text you and go, hey, can you do this? This needs to be done now. I just thought about it. I don't know where that came from, but I have noticed in myself that setting boundaries has been of the utmost difficulty for me, which is really kind of funny because I'm usually the kind of person that just goes, okay, we're done. This is stopped. And now I go and do something else. But I'm finding that I, I want to help people because I know that that thing needs to get done and they should have thought about it earlier, but they didn't. So, you know, okay, off we go. And here I am doing 12 hour days and I wouldn't have 
swear to God, would have said, anybody can get me to do a six hour day there. <laughs> They're pushing their limits. And yeah. lo and behold, and here we are. So in this circumstance, what kind of things would you suggest to me to start getting back into? Because um, And what you don't know about me is that I was actually a bodybuilder once. So I was no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it was awesome. Amazing. And it was fun. I loved it. I wasn't top ranking or anything, but I just had, I just got into it. So I was um, a newbie and then life just kind of took on its own little train wreck. <laughs> so in that realm. Yeah. Well, I guess, so first off, like, I would just say, give yourself full permission to work 12 hour days and not set any boundaries. Let's just start there. Like awesome. give yourself full permission and maybe realize that you're making this choice, right? You're deciding to do it. Nobody else is deciding for you and, and you're yeah. doing that. And so first off, just can you, for, can you create a little bit of grace for yourself and just forgive yourself for like, we're in a difficult situation. A lot of stuff has happened in the last two years and you're not the only one with that challenge. So let's like start there as a baseline. And then I would just ask you, well, what is it that you do want? I would love to get back into bodybuilding. That's okay. We'd love to get back into bodybuilding. Cool. What does that mean to you? Like, does that mean working out every day? Does like, how does that, how does that look? Yep, that would mean uh, taking about an hour and a half in the middle of the day and just going and working out because that's when I'm most capable of standing and walking and talking at the same time without hurting myself. Great. <laughs> I've tried it in the Great. morning. I've tried it at night. Right. Noonish is kind of when I get to function. Right. Okay. So then I might ask you what's getting in the way. And, and I'm not asking what's getting in the way in terms of like, oh, you know, I'm just too busy. And like, literally what's, what's stopping you from getting in your car and driving to the gym? Literally all I have to do is put on my runners and walk out the door. <laughs> so okay. like, I don't even have to go anywhere. Um, but what's stopping me from doing it is, is me thinking, feeling that, whatever alligators are going on in that moment are more important. So I even have it in my calendar to go and stop. And then when yeah. and 12 o'clock comes and it's like, oh shit, we need this. I go and do it. Right. And do so X, Y, Z. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you've decided you want to do bodybuilding. You put a thing in your calendar, but when it comes along, you're like, it's like out the window. Like one out of seven. <laughs> one out of seven. I totally, I totally, totally know what that's like. So the first thing I would say is, can you find someone to do it with? That would be the first thing. Can you find a friend? If you can't find a friend, are you willing to pay for somebody to meet you on Zoom or whatever and check in on your workout or work out with you or a coach? Like, are you willing to invest in yourself? Because just like you, like, I don't like to follow my schedule unless my assistant is like, hey, did you do that? Hey, you've got this coming up. Are you going to do it? Otherwise, I'm like, ah, I got plenty of time for that. I'm not going to follow my schedule. So I depend on her to keep me accountable. 
So can you find somebody to help you keep accountable? Like if you're meeting a friend to work out, even if it's on Zoom and you know you have that appointment, even if you have those alligators snapping at your heels, aren't you more likely to go and work out? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And be like, no, sorry, I got a meeting. Off yeah. Go. <laughs> so who do you know, who do you know who might who might serve that role? Can you think of anyone right now? Nice. I can actually. Yep. Okay. Cool. So you have someone in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. So right after our podcast, can you text them? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, dude, I got this awesome yeah. idea, and I know you're up for it because I know he does nothing all day except for whatever the hell he wants. So right. <laughs> you like sure. Right. <laughs> So, so that's, that's probably the most important is to find that person to do the thing with. And then secondly, you have a home gym or you, uh, you, I you have recently out? moved. So my home gym is in pieces. So I could use my home gym as a home gym to put together, which would okay. still be a workout. <laughs> so where do oh, you yes. have to go now? Downstairs. Downstairs. Really? Okay. So, so, um, is your no, home gym put together though? Like, no, it's not. You... That's what I'm oh, saying. If I, if putting it together would be a workout in itself and then it would be oh. together and then I would. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, okay. So the next step is to put the home gym together. together. <laughs> exactly. Got it. Okay. So you need to get your friends. So that's what we call an obstacle, a roadblock in the way. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if I'm going to go for a run in the morning and if I put my workout clothes right by my bed, so as soon as I get on out of bed, I put on my workout clothes, I'm a lot more likely to go on my run than if I stumble into the kitchen and start to make my tea and check my cryptocurrencies and see what's going on pretty soon. I'm like, oh, I gotta be at a meeting in a half an hour. I don't have enough time to go for a run. So you gotta figure out all the roadblocks. And setting yourself up for success. Yeah. Yeah. And then you want to stack it on top of another behavior. So if you want to work out, what time you want to work out? Like 1230, one o'clock, you said lunch? Noon. Noon. Okay. Noon. So, so what are you doing usually at 1145? In a meeting. (laughs) You're in a meeting. Okay, cool. So after your 11, after a meeting at 1145, can you do something to break up what it is that you're doing? Can you, you're like, okay, at 11.45, after I get out of my 11.45 meeting, the one right before noon, um, what I do is I go for a walk around the block. I walk downstairs and I go for a walk around the block and I ask myself, do I want to go work out or do I want to get stressed about this next thing that I have to do? And again, you get to decide. But because we're intentional beings, when we set intentions and we give ourselves enough space to have some time to think about it, we're much more likely to do it. And we have to set up these automatic things that we do. Otherwise, yeah, our lizard brain will just be like, oh my God, I got to deal with that. Oh my God, I got to deal with that. Ah, And pretty soon, We've forgotten our workout. We haven't meditated. We've forgotten to eat. We've drank 18 cups of coffee. We're like way down the rabbit hole and it's like way too late. So decide what you want to do. 
stack it on top of another behavior, remove obstacles, and get an accountability partner. That's the four-step process that will have you doing the right thing. But you actually have to take a little bit of time to figure out what that process is. Nice. I love that. So give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of these clients. Of one of these clients? Okay, mm -hmm. great. Yeah. So I had a I have a have a client who has a very, very cool business. Um, and without getting into too many details, because I don't want to disclose who this client was is, it's basically an emergency services medical business for high net worth individuals, really cool. And he uh, not only had completely burned himself out, but um, got in an accident and had a brain injury. And he had been pushing himself so hard. He had thought to himself, if I don't slow down, this oh thing's God. gonna kill me. And guess what? It almost killed him. And so he, he rehabbed, he did his whole thing and he get, got back to his business and guess what? He started doing the same thing, the same damn thing. And he was thinking to myself, what am I doing? This is absolutely crazy. And I met him because he took one of my classes. I have a, I have a class called the Morning Rhythm Reset, which is a 30-day class about how to create a morning rhythm that works for you. And so he started doing that. And anywhere from a five minute one to an hour one, it depended on what he had going on that day. But really the only difference between what he did then and what he did before was wake up in the morning, set an intention and focus on what he wanted instead of what he didn't want and have a couple minutes of meditation and then he'd go about his day well what's happened since then uh that was about a year and a half maybe two years ago his business has completely transformed he was he was involved in four businesses now he has one business he's focused on his one business he's growing it like crazy He's bringing in a COO um, and he's doing what it is that he does best. He invents things and he creates new business opportunities. That's what he does. He's great at it, but he was off like trying to figure out the books and trying to manage all these employees and setting up all these, you know, backend lab uh lab infrastructure deals and doing stuff that made absolutely no sense for him to do. And there were people who could do it better and wanted to do it. And so he, he basically went from working 60 hours a week and now he's probably working about 35 hours a week. And he paid off his house in like this in, in January, he told me, yeah, I want to pay off my house by the end of the year. And he paid it off by June. And, um, you know, he's, 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 in a, he's in a much, much better position. Are all his problems solved? No, of course not, because there's always new problems. More business, more problems. But the point is, is, is he's got, he, he, he knows now what works for him. And that's about taking that time to just calibrate, to review, 
to actually take time out from your business to think about it. One of my mentors, I remember I said, God, I'm just completely overwhelmed. He's like, what does your think time look like? I'm like, what? He's like, think time. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, you need to have a couple hours of time to just think about your business where there's no pressure. Like put it on your schedule, go for a walk every Friday afternoon. Think about your business. Think about your life. Is it working for you? And focus on what you want. Like think about what it is that you want, not what you don't want. So many people we get, I don't want this. I don't want that. If you focus on things you don't want, that's what shows up. So focus on what you want. And that brilliant supercomputer in your brain that can process two trillion, what is it? It's about two trillion bits. No, I'm sorry, 40, 40 million bits per second, essentially a supercomputer will start to figure out how it works, but you got to give yourself the space to do it. Nice. Love that. So what might some stumbling blocks be that somebody has that when they're at home right now thinking, oh my God, Jonah, I need you so bad. <laughs> what are the stumbling blocks? Well, first, it's just actually like asking for help, whether it's, whether it's saying, you know what? I'm scared that like, I want to call Michelle. I need help with my business, um, but I'm afraid she charges too much, right? You know what? It doesn't matter. Just make the phone call. I'm sure you go and do like 15 or 20 or 30 minute calls for people, whatever it is. I do the same thing. Like if it's not Michelle, if it's not Jonah, who is it that you know that can, that can help you? Like take one very, very, very small step. Ask for help. Like just please just do that because someone else can see what your blind spots are. I can't see my own blind spots. But if I talk to you enough, you're gonna be like, hey, Jonah, did you ever think of, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I thought of it like three years ago, but then I forgot about it. And now you're reminding me to do it again. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. what's one small step you can take? And then, and then the other thing to realize that people do is, this is a huge mistake that people make is that we make really low impact decisions very easily. So it's like, oh yeah, what am I going to have for breakfast? I'm going to have pancakes today. Oh, what am I going to, what, what kind, you know, who do I want to talk to? Like what movie do I want to see? These are small decisions, but big decisions that make big impacts on our lives. We make them really slowly who we're going to marry, what kind of business we want to start, all of that stuff. But if you can make really impactful decisions really quickly, your business will move by leap, leaps and bounds. And so if it's like investing $10,000 to work with somebody who's actually going to help you and be careful out there, there's a lot of people who are selling really expensive programs that in my opinion, don't deliver a ton of value, but be careful, but don't be afraid to invest in yourself like who else are you going to invest in like invest in yourself but take the step talk to somebody and ask for help like that's that's the biggest stumbling block that i see people like you said it goes back to your treading water analogy 
I'm just going to be over here treading water. Come back when I'm finished. It's like, <laughs> yeah, let's see how that goes. And just ask. You don't know uh, how much anybody charges until you go and ask them. That's Those right. Awesome. Maybe maybe I'll negotiate with you. You never know. Never know. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I know that our listeners are going to want more of you. So you mentioned your website to get a hold of you to start the journey. Yeah. Um, so at Jonah Larkin uh, com slash business owners podcast. So should be able to remember that one. And Stu, um, I was going to ask you at what point in life did you know that you were especially kind of crazy enough to, to think that you could become an entrepreneur? But I'm pretty sure you already gave us out. <laughs> yeah, it was. You know what? It was like I was I was frustrated when I was a kid because my parents didn't have a lot of money, and so I was always thinking like, how can I hustle to 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 make make some money? But yeah, entrepreneuring is definitely a little bit nuts you have to be you have to be a glutton for punishment in certain ways um and again like ask for help ask for help ask for help <laughs> nice so those are your last words peeps that's what you get from jonah today go to his website check him out and go and see how successful you can become with just a little bit of help this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being with us here today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, or if you have a question or topic you'd like me to discuss, reach out to me at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to our show. I am all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support they need to make it in business. As such, I have Taking Your Business Digital Q&A every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain. To register for that, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash digital. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L. I look forward to meeting you and actually finding out how you are. So see you on the flip side.